Hello and welcome to the Paranormal Sun, coming to you live from Tower Studios. I'm JT, and as always, I'll be your tour guide as we explore the unexplained. Well, folks, this is a very special episode because this is a news supplement for you. There were several articles that I wanted to cover over in the latest episode of the Paranormal Sun, the Hangar 18 Attacks episode. However, if I would have done these other articles, you would have ended up with a three-hour show. And as much as I love hearing my own voice, you'd probably get pretty annoyed with it after three hours. So we've held over some of these articles. It also gives me a chance to try out my awesome new mic, which has arrived today. So we are going to read you several monolith stories and then some other stories about other things that I've really, really been wanting to cover. Look again, folks, as I've told you over and over and over, I'm committed to the monolith story as long as anyone is interested. If you ask me to cover something, I'll do my best to cover it over for you. So one last thing. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the program. Thank you for supporting me. If you are wondering how you can support me further, you can go like and follow the Paranormal Sun on Instagram. You can go and join the Paranormal Sun Facebook group. That's a private group, but basically there's just a few questions there to keep the bots and the men's herbal ignite peddlers out. So just answer a couple of easy questions and I'll let you right in. Aside from that, you can also go over to www.theparanormalsun.com, which is the website. I post some blog content over there. There's an Instagram stream feed over there, so you can kind of see what I'm posting up. If you would like to support the show further on theparanormalsun.com, you can drop a few dollars in the PayPal account. You can also shout me a drink, a coffee or whatever if you'd like. There's a little coffee icon there. You can also go over to Patreon and support the show if you see fit. I'm not going to lie, folks. Anything, any donation is much appreciated. It's not been an easy year, and every dollar that is donated will definitely be plowed back into the show. Aside from that, my friends, like I say, thank you so much for listening. We're going to have a great end of the year wrap up here. We've got several episodes as the Paranormal Sun Train rolls on. It's really been an awesome year. The program has grown beyond my wildest expectations, and I'm really, really optimistic, and I have good reason to be for 2021. I don't want to spill the beans, folks. I don't want to jinx myself, but just trust me, there are some really good things in store for the Paranormal Sun in 2021. Oh, one last note I forgot to mention. I had a few listeners actually say to me, oh, I didn't know that you had merchandise, JT. I didn't know that we could buy stuff with the Paranormal Sun branding. Now, it's not distributed by me. It's a print-on-demand service. But if you go to theparanormalsun.com, there is there is a tab up at the top there that says TPS Merchandise. And you can go in there and select several things. I've had some people buy some hoodies and coffee mugs and a few other things as of late. I probably need to get in there and refresh that content a bit and add some new stuff some of the artwork I've been making for some of the episodes I'd like to put on some t-shirt backgrounds. Again, folks, it's just like you. I'm sure that you understand. There's only 24 hours in a day, and sometimes I get stretched a bit thin. But yeah, if you're interested, you can go there and check out some of the merchandise. In future, like I say, if we really get this train rolling, we get some sponsors, we get some donations, well then, 
There'll be a budget for giveaways, and then you might be able to get your hands on some sweet Paranormal Sun swag at no cost. So with all of that having been said, my friends, now let's get into this special news edition. Usually it would be the news of the damned, but this entire episode is going to be news, so so I guess you can call this an extra helping of news of the damned today. So the very first one here for you is from the BBC, and this one is titled Glastonbury Tour, Not Banksy Monolith, Appears on Hill, and this only came out eight hours ago. A mysterious metal monolith bearing the words Not Banksy has appeared on top of Glastonbury Tour. Walkers discovered the large chunk of metal lying on its side on Wednesday morning. It is believed to have been placed there overnight. Michelle Calburn said, I couldn't believe my eyes when she spotted the monolith at the National Trust site. Since a monolith was photographed in Utah last month, similar structures have popped up around the world. A stencil drawing of a rat similar to the style used by the Bristol street artist Banksy featured on the structure. Miss Calburn saw it about 7.30 BST on Wednesday while on her regular morning walk. I walked up the long slope side and this was on the other side, and when I saw it I couldn't believe my eyes, she said. I just thought, what on earth is that? She said it was lying on its side, but with the help of some other walkers on the ancient hilltop, they moved it upright, with difficulty. And indeed, they have a photo of it standing up. There are two big metal bolts, but they couldn't have been fixed to the ground properly. It's a big chunk of metal, and it was really heavy. Looks like stainless steel from this photo. She said she has seen some random things up on the hill, but this was the strangest. I've seen a bagpiper, someone in a suit of armor, and some fairies, she said. Well, all three of those really speak to the UK, my friends. I don't think it is a genuine Banksy work. I don't think he would have left it half done like that. But I suppose if someone came along at the time, he may have had to leave it. The Utah monolith turned out to be the work of an anonymous art collective. And again, we won't go over that again. Designer Tom Dunford admitted he had installed a monolith that appeared on the Isle of Wight at the weekend in tribute to others that had popped up. The Glastonbury Monument was removed by the National Trust at about 1,600 hours GMT on Wednesday. Now again, folks, some of you may be listening to this for the first time. I've always got links to all of these articles in the show notes. So if you want to go and click on the link and read for yourself and see some of the photos, that's where you can find the article. Now, the next one here is from CNET.com, and this one is a bit of new age chuckle for me. (laughs) No offense to anyone, I just did find this a bit of a laugh. So it says, I hugged a monolith, and it felt suitably mysterious. I can't hug humans, but at least I can hug the monolith. Amanda Couser, my 2020 bucket list has been pretty short. One, don't get COVID-19. Well, that's definitely on my list. Two, survive. Same there. But when the mysterious monolith phenomenon started to rock the globe, I added one more. Three, see a monolith. Check. A monolith appeared in my town of Albuquerque, New Mexico, which, of course, you know I've covered. And even our mayor took notice. We want to believe, tweeted Tim Keller, a noted heavy metal fan on on Monday. I had to go see it for myself. Touch it. Look for signs of extraterrestrial origin. I found the monolith, a a shiny silver triangle, about 10 feet high, near the offices of local publication Albuquerque the Magazine, 
just off the frontage road to Interstate 25. Hardly a magical, awe-inspiring location, unlike the mystic red rocks that surrounded the original monolith in Utah, which was spotted in November and then quickly disappeared. Feels like people are starting to get a little lazy with their monolith placement, said my CNET colleague and fellow New Mexican Eric Mack. The monolith is one in a series that have appeared around the globe. From California to Romania, they have triggered speculation that they may be part of an art project, an advertising campaign, or even the work of aliens. I can say with certainty that one in Albuquerque is a human creation. It's magnetic, appears to be stainless steel, and sports a sticker for Bumblebee Fab, a local metal fabricator. Down at the bottom, you can see the welded joints of the triangle. This monolith is clearly a copycat created in a spirit of delight and wonder. And again, I covered this in an earlier article. Armed with hand sanitizer, I approached the monolith, photobombing the work of half a dozen other people who were there to document it or take selfies next to the structure. I stuck a magnet on it, examined the welds, felt how hot the sun side was and how cold the shaded sides were. I could barely wrap my arms around it, embracing the metal column. I have touched very few human beings since the pandemic began, and here I was bear-hugging a steel pillar. The structure felt solid, unyielding, elemental, as if it had grown like a silver crystal from the rocks below. There with my ear resting against the warm side of the monolith, I heard nothing but the beating of my own heart. Maybe that's what the monoliths are really here for, to transport our harried selves to an inner realm where we're reminded of our presence on earth, the way the sun touches our skin, how the ground holds our weight. We are all monoliths, and yet we remain connected. Without our foundations, we are nothing. Very true. Not a bad little read. I like that article. Now on to the next here, and this is from NBCSanDiego.com. Now, this is a very interesting story, and I want to give a shout-out to a friend of mine on Instagram, Skinwalker Ranch Memes. Now, Skinwalker Ranch Memes had posted a photo of this San Diego one, and I instantly took notice because those of you who have been following along on the Paranormal Sun know that I lived in the San Diego area for quite a long time. And I found it quite interesting that this had turned up in San Diego. So I definitely wanted to cover it. So this is by Andrew Johnson and Monica Gorski. A mysterious monolith that popped up in a parking lot in San Diego County this week has just as quickly disappeared, following in line with the strange trend of the metal structures suddenly appearing and disappearing all over the globe. It's not clear when the monolith first arrived in the parking lot of Scripps Ranch Marketplace, just east of Mira Mesa and Interstate 15, I know exactly where that is, but people took notice Tuesday. Many San Diegans dropped by to see the object and snap a picture or two. No idea how it got here, said Lisa Flanders Gorski, owner of a massage green spa, which is located in the shopping center. They're popping up in places, Utah, Russia, Las Vegas, and now it's here in Scripps Ranch. Similar monoliths have been spotted all over the world, including in a Utah desert, Romania, and Addis Cadero. California's Monterey Bay Aquarium even had some fun this week with this faux monolith encountered by some cute critters getting in on the trend. The monolith mystery has been a game of sorts around the world. How does the structure get there? Who brings it? How does it vanish? Some people consider it public art. Others consider it a fun distraction from the difficult times of the pandemic. San Diego's monolith moment in the spotlight was short-lived. On Tuesday night, San Diego Police Department officer John Buttle said police received a report of a group who came up to the monolith in Mira Mesa and knocked it over. Buttle said the group then loaded the monolith into a truck and left. 
Buttle said it was unclear if anyone in that group owned the monolith or if the group was partaking in the game. Perhaps, as in the case of monoliths on the move all over the world, the monolith will show back up in another part of San Diego County. Maybe it won't. Either way, Flanders Gorski told NBC7 she was happy to see it near her business this week. It gave her something to take her mind off things. We need something fun and different to talk about, she said, referencing the ongoing pandemic. It's pretty unusual. We've never seen this here before, Flanders Gorski said. So yeah, interesting little read. And again, that one looked to be pretty well built, looked to be stainless steel to me. And these people who took it, I do hope that they are the people that put it there. Because in this day and age, with a lot of people struggling, I would not be one bit shocked if they were carting it away to cut up for scrap metal. Now, folks, again, this has really become a worldwide trend. Now, this article is from stuff.co.nz, so this is a local New Zealand website. And this is about a monolith in Germany. Gonolith, mystery pillar in Germany destroyed. A mystery three-meter-tall metal pillar that appeared on a field near the central German town of Sulzbach over the weekend has been reduced to scrap. I didn't even know it had appeared, folks. German news agency DPA reports that the pillar was destroyed by unknown persons late Tuesday local time. It quoted a local official in Sulzbach saying Wednesday that the debris has already been taken to a junkyard to avoid endangering passersby. A number of monoliths have appeared without explanation around the world in recent weeks. The first was found in the Utah desert in the U.S. on November 18th. It was dismantled in late November around the time another monolith appeared in Romania. The monolith was dismantled on December 1st. More monoliths have been found around the world since then, with a group of artists taking responsibility. Elsewhere, a large wooden sculpture of a more profane nature recently disappeared and was then swiftly replaced in Bavaria, causing mirth and a flurry of headlines worldwide. Well, that's actually a bit annoying, folks, because they tell this story and then they don't have anything on it. So here we are, my friends. I found the article, and I can see why they didn't have a link to it. So this one is from APNews.com, and this one is titled, New Phallus Structure Appears in Bavarian Mountains, December 4th, 2020. Now, for those of you that don't know what a phallus is or a phallic object, it's basically a representation of a male's genitals. Berlin, AP. Just days after a large phallus sculpture mysteriously disappeared from a Bavarian mountainside, a similar wooden carving has appeared in its place. German news agency DPA reported Thursday, Saga began several years ago, when a two-meter-tall, almost seven-foot-tall structure appeared on the 1,738-meter or 5,700-foot-high Gruten Mountain in southern Germany. It quickly became a selfie magnet for hikers and even featured on Google Maps, where it was described as a cultural monument. The sculpture toppled over several weeks ago, only to be erected again. I wonder how much Viagra that took. Last weekend, it vanished entirely, with only a pile of sawdust left behind. Even as local police probed the disappearance, the tale took a further twist on Thursday, with the discovery that a new, slightly larger carving of male genitalia had appeared at the site, propped up with wooden beams. So I don't think I need to pass a lot of commentary on that article, folks. We're just going to move straight into the next. So this is one I've been wanting to cover for a while. And this one is titled, Gold Monolith Found in Colombia. Maybe the monolith that controls them all. So I guess it's Lord of the Rings. So this is from the Metro.co.uk. 
A new gold monolith has appeared in Colombia, but unlike others appearing around the world, this one is gold. Remember how I told you I'd be more interested if it was made out of gold? Well, I'd say if this was really made out of real gold, number one, it would have bent by now. Number two, I'm sure somebody would have carted it off. The latest development in the ongoing mystery has some people wondering if this is the master monolith that controls all the others. This is the ninth structure to crop up around the world following the initial sighting of a monolith in Utah that resembled the one from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Sightings of other monoliths have been recorded on the Isle of Wight, in California, Pennsylvania, New Mexico, and Joshua Tree in the U.S., and also in Romania and the Netherlands in Europe. There's also one in Italy that I haven't had a chance to cover, and obviously the German one we just talked about. And there are rumblings that there was one in Russia, but I haven't seen any articles on that. But unlike all those other metal pillars, the latest one is colored gold. Of all the monoliths in the world, this new gold one could be what controls them all. It was discovered in the municipality of Chia, in the department of Candiamarca, in the center of the South American country. Pictures of the gold monolith have flooded social media as people across the globe puzzle over the meaning of the mysterious structures. Some residents believe the golden monolith is the monolith that controls them all. It was found standing out in a field with no clue about who or what placed it there. The monolith found in Chia, Colombia. The authorities in the area have not commented on the southern appearance of the gold alien structure. It's a bit of a stretch using the word alien, but... Obviously, there are some people that want very desperately for this to be an alien phenomenon. Some of the other monoliths have disappeared a few days after being spotted. In the case of the original Utah monolith, it was revealed that the local adventure tour guides removed it under cover of darkness. The most plausible explanation we have is that the monoliths are some sort of art project. A new Mexico-based art collective called The Most Famous Artist, yep, claimed that they were responsible for erecting the U.S. monoliths in Utah and California. But that doesn't explain how similar structures appeared across the world at the very same time. Responding to the Isle of Wight structure, group founder Matty Moe said, The monolith is out of my control at this point. Godspeed to all the aliens working hard around the globe to propagate the myth. Meanwhile, global brands like McDonald's, Amazon, and Jeep have all jumped on the bandwagon and posted some amusing explanations for the sudden appearance of the alien monoliths. It remains to be seen if there's still more undiscovered monoliths hiding in locations around the planet. And folks, you know that I made a prediction when I did the second monolith episode that there would indeed be more and more and more of them, so I've got no doubt that we will see more of them into 2021. Now folks, on to the final monolith article. For this episode, and this is from the usatoday.com. Tracking all the monoliths that have appeared and disappeared around the world. Now, this article is a couple days old, so it's not completely up to speed. The saga of the mysterious monoliths, the tall metal structures popping up and vanishing around the world, shows no signs of stopping. The most recent instance, a smaller structure that was spotted in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm pretty sure I've got some listeners in North Carolina. The three-foot-tall structure appeared in the raised flower bed on the sidewalk in front of McKee Homes Design Studios, according to a news release from Cool Spring Downtown District. According to Bianca Stoneman, executive director of the Cool Spring Downtown District, people have been gathering around the monolith taking pictures. 
It's brought joy and reminded us we can do public art and or extraterrestrial visits, said Shoneman. There's likely a very logical reason for our monolith's appearance. But while we wait to find out if there's a human or alien motivation behind it, we're adopting downtown's newest art installation as one of our own. To help keep track of all of the appearances and disappearances of the monoliths around the world, we pulled together a timeline of each occurrence. So again, folks, I'm not going to go into this again ad nauseum because we've covered these all. But basically, they show that the first one showed up in Utah on November the 18th, which is the initial one. Then it disappeared. Then the Romanian one turned up on the 28th. Then on the 1st of December, Ross Bernards revealed he was there when the Utah one was taken apart. On December the 1st, the Romanian one also disappeared. On December the 2nd, the Addis Cadero one was found. On December the 3rd, the Addis Cadero one vanished. And that was thanks to the jackasses lynching it. On that same day, December the 3rd, the one in Fayetteville appeared. Then on December the 6th, one appeared in Pittsburgh outside of Grandpa Joe's candy shop. Now, here's a scoop for you. A listener of the program, Nate. Nate Odd, I believe it is, on Instagram. He found out that the uh, monolith was there from listening to the program. So he headed down and took some photos. So I'll be reposting those. I have Nate's permission. And I thought it was awesome. So thanks, Nate. It really does mean a lot to me that uh, I've got a chance to involve you in something that's kind of cool. If there was one around here, I'd go and get my photo taken with it. The monolith mystery continues. And then it just says more copycat structures pop up in Pittsburgh, England, California. Then on the 6th and the 7th of December, the LA Times and the Tribune in San Luis Obispo talked about the other one in the Los Padres National Forest, which I've covered. And then the one that I hadn't heard about was one here December 8th in El Paso's Upper Valley. Now, I'm not going to go and search out every one of these monoliths every time they crop up. If there's an extra cool one or something really interesting, I'll make sure to cover it. Now, this is a very interesting article that I found a few days ago in one of the forums that I'm a group member of. For those of you who would have listened to the Hangar 18 Attacks episode... You would have heard Russ and myself discussing the $2.3 trillion that went missing from the Pentagon the day before 9-11. There were other anomalies that happened in and around 9-11, as I say. Things like people shorting stocks on United Airlines and also gold in underground storage in 9-11 that had, was purportedly stolen. Now... I haven't really gotten into it that much, and I realize that this will be a leap of faith for some of you. In my humble opinion, and in many people whose intelligence level is much higher than mine, there's definitely been something going on at least since World War II, and potentially before that, as far as money being rerouted, diverted, moved into other directions than the public coffers. Why should you care? Well, Wherever you are, wherever you're hearing my voice, the odds are about 99.9% you're paying taxes. So those are your tax dollars that are being siphoned off for other expenditures that we don't know about, we aren't made privy to, and things that we're not allowed to know about. Need-to-know basis, my friends. So I'm going to read this article, and I'm going to start introducing you more and more into this subject matter. So this one is from the CTV News, which is ctvnews.ca, which looks like a Canadian publication, I would say. 
And this one says 50 billion pounds. So that's pounds as in British pounds sterling, not weight. But 50 billion with a B in UK banknotes is missing. Nobody has an explanation. And this was written by Hannah Ziadi and published on the 4th of December. The use of cash has been declining for years in Britain, but demand for banknotes is skyrocketing. Nobody is quite sure where the money is going. A group of UK lawmakers said on Friday as much as £50 billion sterling, or US $67.4 billion, in cash was missing, and it urged the Bank of England to investigate. The money is stashed somewhere, but the Bank of England doesn't know where, who by, or what for, and doesn't seem very curious. Meg Hillier, chair of the House of Commons Public Accounts Committee, which oversees government finances, said in a statement. It needs to be more concerned about where the missing 50 billion pounds is, she added. The Bank of England immediately pushed back. Members of the public do not have to explain to the bank why they wish to hold banknotes. This means that banknotes are not missing, a spokesperson said in a statement, adding that the central bank would continue to meet public demand for notes. Despite the increased use of digital payments, demand for cash has risen in most advanced economies since the global financial crisis, according to a 2018 report by the Bank for International Settlements. This has been partly driven by lower interest rates, the report said, which have diminished returns on savings held with banks. We are seeing the increasing use of cash as a store of value, as opposed to for transactional purposes. Chief Cashier at the Bank of England, Sarah John, said in testimony before the Public Accounts Committee in October, worries about the strength of financial institutions since the 2008 crisis have also contributed to this, she added. And while there was a sharp decline in demand for notes and coins during the peak of coronavirus lockdowns this year, it has since recovered, with people stockpiling even more cash at home as a result of the pandemic. The number of notes in circulation in Britain reached a record high of $4.4 billion in July, with a total value of $76.5 billion, again with a B, pounds sterling, or $103 billion U.S. dollars, according to a September report by the National Audit Office, which monitors government spending. This compares with 1.5 billion notes, worth about 24 billion pounds sterling, or 32.3 billion U.S. dollars, in the year 2000. At the same time, the volume of cash payments has declined, a trend likely to accelerate because of the pandemic. A decade ago, cash was used in six out of every ten transactions. Last year, it was used in less than three out of every ten. The Bank of England estimates that between 20% and 24% of the value of notes in circulation are used for cash transactions, with a further 5% held by UK households as savings. Little is known about the remainder worth approximately £50 billion sterling. But possible explanations include holdings overseas for transactions or savings and possibly holdings in the UK of unreported domestic savings or for use in the shadow economy, the NAO said in its report. It recommended that the central bank, working with other public authorities, improve its understanding of what is driving the increase in demand for notes and who is holding those £50 billion. This work might help inform wider policy, for example, on tax evasion, it added. Financial Exclusion Risks The NAO report cautioned that the dwindling use of cash could increase the risk of financial exclusion if businesses stop accepting cash 
due to rising costs associated with declining volumes. Just over a million UK adults do not have a bank or building society account, the report said, citing data from the Financial Conduct Authority. There's definitely a link to more deprived areas still relying on cash, a lot more than in some city centres, John told the PAC. There are currently five public bodies responsible for administering or overseeing Britain's cash system, including the Bank of England, the Treasury, the Royal Mint, the Financial Conduct Authority, and the Payment Systems Regulator. The UK government said in October that it is considering giving the Financial Conduct Authority the overall responsibility for the retail cash system, given its existing regulatory role and consumer protection objective. It also outlined plans to ensure people continue to have access to cash. So again, I get that this can be quite intimidating, my friends, and we're going to do our best to ease you into the world of vanishing money, black budgets, black projects. It is a very interesting rabbit hole. I'm fully aware of that, but it's definitely something I feel you need to be aware of. I can tell you as a matter of fact, because I've seen it in my own life, that in the U.S. there's been a war on cash since at least the 1990s. They've been discouraging people not to keep cash, not to carry large amounts of cash. When you go into the bank to get your cash out or to deposit a large amount, you're treated like a criminal. You're asked all kinds of questions. Oftentimes, I've seen stories where they'll ring the FBI or the police even though people are doing nothing illegal. It's only quantities of over $10,000 that they must declare to the FBI. So why is this all going on? Well, it's very simple, my friends. If you don't hold it in your hand, you don't own it. That is very simply the reality of it. Now, people don't like this. It's a dirty little secret, especially in Western countries. But for example, if you hold gold certificates, or let's say you hold shares in a large multinational company like, oh, say, Coca-Cola. Well, if the shit hits the fan and your family doesn't have any food to eat, do you really think that you're going to go marching to Atlanta, Georgia and take part of that Coca-Cola building? There's no chance. And once again, the paper that your gold certificate is printed on is about the only value it holds. Therefore, it is very key that you have some reserves of value in and around your home. Precious metals are best. That's my personal feeling. However, there's nothing wrong with holding cash. The key thing is, you need to hold that cash. Most of the people in this field who really know what they're talking about, and people that I've listened to for many years, would suggest that you have at least three months worth of expenses in cash at home. Now, I realize this is 2020, and even before 2020, most people would struggle with that. I don't have that ability. My money's in the bank, what little I have. But the reality is, having something at home is better than having nothing. So even if out of each pay, you start to try and put aside 10 or $20 in cash and start building up a bit of a buffer at home. With the way that COVID is gone and so many other things around the world, who knows when the next time will come that you're told to forcibly stay at home. Now, Many people may hear these words and say, JT, your tinfoil hat's on too tight. You're just exaggerating about all of this. Well, am I? Am I really? Let me give you a couple of very pertinent real-world examples. In 1933, I believe it was, the U.S. government 
Congress passed the Gold Control Act or something along those lines. The wording may not be correct, but the reality of that act is. You would have heard me cover this when I covered the Victoria Peak treasure story and about Doc Noss now suddenly having all this gold he couldn't sell. Basically what happened is that the government swooped in and they made it illegal to own more than five ounces of gold with certain exceptions. If you were caught with that gold, and especially if you were caught trying to sell that gold, the chances of you spending months or years in a federal prison were very high. They bought the gold, they set the price at either $20 or $25 an ounce, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, and then within a few years, they moved that number to $30 or $35 an ounce, and they had instantly increased the value of all the gold that they had bought, let's put that in air quotes, bought, from the U.S. populace by, as you can quickly work out there, 25 or 30 percent. Not bad for doing nothing. So even if you look at that and you say, well, JT, that was back in the 30s. No one's alive from then, and it really doesn't affect me. Okay, fine. Let's look at a different place in a different time. A place called Greece. The time, 2008, in the global financial crisis. Now, as we all know, Greece at that point was basically the sick man of Europe. They came very close to going bankrupt as a nation. So what happened? They declared a bank holiday. Sounds great, eh? You know, bank holiday. Oh, well, we're going to get a weekend off, an extra day, go to the beach. No, that's not what a bank holiday actually is. A bank holiday is when the bank closes its doors and doesn't open. Sometimes it may be an extra day or two. It can be as long as the government and the banking sector basically deem fit. I don't know exactly how long it was in Greece. However, I can tell you, after the bank holiday ended and people went into the banks to try and take out all their money, they were met with a nasty surprise. The government and the banking sector had decreed that you would only be able to take out a small amount of fiat currency every day. From memory, it was no more than $100 US. It was around that amount. So you had all these photos on the news and video of these old retirees standing in line at the ATM to try and get their money out. If the ATM ran out of money, tough. Oh, well, I guess you don't eat today. That's only the half of it, folks. That sounds bad enough, right? But then they decided that, well, we really are struggling with all this national debt, so we're going to do a bail-in. Do you know what a bail-in is? Well, obviously a bail-out is when you bail out the corporate fat cats and the rich and powerful, as has happened twice in the last 12 years in the U.S. and most of Europe, where they basically say, well, here's this money, we're going to print it by the truckload, and we just don't want you to go out of business, because if you go out of business and the unemployment gets too high, we're going to have riots in the street. So don't worry, we'll prop you up, we'll just keep printing more money. A bail-in, on the other hand, is basically when they decide that, ooh, you've got some money. Well, we need that because we need to keep the economy afloat, so we'll just take it. I can't remember the exact percentage in Greece, but it was either 10 or 20%. It was one of those two numbers. So, for example, if you had a million dollars in the bank saved for your retirement, when the bank opened up, no, sorry, you only have 900000 or you only have 800000 And on top of that, you can only take out that $100, 100 drachmas, 100 euros, whatever it was a day. 
So good luck fleeing the country with your money. Who knows? Today we take 10% or 20%. Maybe tomorrow we'll take 50%. You're not going to get it out of the bank anyway, so why are you worried? Folks, trust me, if you don't think this can happen where you are, if you don't think there's any possibility of this coming to a country near you at some point in the future, you're fooling yourselves. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. Who knows what the future holds? But there are already two real-world examples, and it nearly happened in Italy. There have been quotes saying that basically if Italy would have gotten very close to failing, and they were very close to doing so in 2008, they would have done the same thing. They would have done a bail-in, and they basically would have just haircut everyone's savings to try and prop the government up. So folks, if it's not in your possession, you don't really own it. That is the reality. It's no different if you loan someone your car and they drive off with it. Technically, on paper, you still own it, but they've got the keys. Now, this next article will be very interesting to many of you. Anyone interested in the UFO field or UFO topics will definitely be interested to hear about this. It's been on my back burner for a few days. Again, with everything going on, I haven't got a chance to really cover it over, but that's why I'm going to do it now. The first that I saw of this article, it came out on December the 7th of 2020. And like I said, I just kind of saw it. I didn't get a chance to really deep dive into it. And it came from Earth Files. So Linda Moulton Howe wrote it. So it says from an Israeli publication, former head of Israel's space program says, the UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. The UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not yet ready. There's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars, where their representatives are, and also our American astronauts. Haim Ashed, Ph.D., aeronautical engineer, to the Yediath Aharonoth, Tel Aviv, Israel. Now, folks, moving ahead to make it easier on myself, I'm going to refer to the Yediath Aharonoth publication as Y.A., December 7, 2020, Tel Aviv, Israel. On Saturday, December 5, 2020, Israel's largest circulation for pay newspaper, YA, published an interview by reporter David Israel with Professor Haim Ashed, Ph.D., Aeronautical Engineering, about his newly released 2020 book, The Universe Beyond the Horizon, Conversations with Professor Haim Ashed. YA reports, Professor Haim Ashed served from 1981 to 2010 as the head of Israel's security space program, and over the years received the Israeli Security Award three times, twice for confidential technological inventions. Professor Ashed told YA, The UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, Wait, let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. They've been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. There's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. They too are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe, and they want us as helpers. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars, where their representatives are, and also our American astronauts. Professor Ashed is now 87 years old and added, I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I am respected in universities abroad, where the trend of policies of denial is also changing. 
Professor Haimahed, PhD's professional background. Professor Haimahed has a BS degree in electronics engineering from the Techion, an MS in performance research, and a PhD in aeronautical engineering. According to YA, Professor Ashed in 1965 served in the technological unit of the IDF Intelligence Division in research and development positions. In 1969, he was sent by the IDF Military Intelligence to study for a PhD in aeronautical engineering in the U.S. After that, he returned to Israel, where he was appointed head of the Intelligence Corps Research and Development Department and retired at the end of the 1970s from military service with the rank of lieutenant colonel. Then he was hired to be a professor at Techion Space Research Institute. By 1981, Professor Ashed founded and became the first director of the Challenge Program in Israel's Administration for Research, Development of Weapons and Technological Infrastructure, in the Defense Ministry that directs satellite projects. Professor Ashed commanded the launch of 20 Israeli satellites. He retired from the Defense Ministry in October of 2011. Okay, folks, so there's a lot to unpack here. If this is true, this is the biggest story in the history of humanity. The fact that not only are we not alone in the universe, but that the United States government has treaties and contracts with these aliens from elsewhere. So we shall see. As I've said before, you may very well go, well, JT, I think your tinfoil hat's on just a little bit too tight. Earth files, well... I don't know who they are. Are they reputable? Okay. That's a fair comment. Let's try NBC News. Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. A galactic federation has been waiting for humans to reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are. So basically, my friends, this story has been all over the internet. It's broken everywhere. There's not a whole lot different in this article. And so I'm not really going to go and read it in depth for you. Just basically, they asked for comment from the Pentagon and also from the White House and NASA, and all of them really wouldn't say much about it. The reality is this. This professor is a very intelligent man. He's obviously got all kinds of accreditations. He was also a general in the Israeli Defense Force before he retired. So we're not talking about some small potatoes type person. There is one thing that you should be aware of and you should always bear in mind anytime you hear things out of Israel. No offense to anyone who is an Israeli. However, the Mossad and the Israeli intelligence services are some of the best in the world and are very adept at misdirecting and misguiding people through counterintelligence and floating stories out that may not be true. I'm not saying that's the case here. I'm just saying it's something that we must always bear in mind when we're dealing with news stories coming out of Israel. What do I think? Well, as you know, on the Paranormal Sun, I try and leave the decisions up to you. But I will say this. We need to keep our eyes on what's going to be happening in the next few months. There have been some predictions that there will be disclosure this year. And I kind of poo-pooed it because I really struggled to see that if someone is holding all the cards, meaning someone in especially the U.S. government, but governments in general, I just couldn't see them releasing things like this. 
I believe it's Richard Dolan has said multiple times, I could have it wrong, so please don't at me if I get it wrong. But I believe that Richard Dolan has said multiple times, if disclosure comes, it will come from the entities, not from the government. They will just basically overrule the government when they're ready. So look, folks, it's very interesting. It's something that you should keep your eyes on, and I will continue to cover this story as it breaks. It's blown up all over the internet. I have seen George Sukalos commenting on it on his Twitter feed and saying, I told you so, and so many of these other people told you so. I will reserve judgment until we see for sure. It's definitely fascinating because, like I say, this is not some crackpot hanging out in his mother's basement writing things in 4chan or on Reddit. This is a highly decorated and highly respected PhD professor as well as an Israeli Defense Force general. This is not just someone out of the blue. So we will see what happens. Like I say, if more news breaks, we'll go from there. I really am going to try not to have any more specials this week. I wanted to get some of this news out there to you, but I've got lots I've got to get done in the background. I haven't even started this week's program. I'm well behind. I hope that you have a great week. Again, bear in mind, remember that we're going to have that 2021 prediction show, so make sure you get your predictions sent in. And also, as I say, keep your eyes on the future. The Paranormal Sun continues to grow and gain support from all quarters. It's very appreciated, and I never forget each and every one of you who takes the time to listen to what I have to say. Again, if you'd like to reach out to me, if you'd like me to cover something on the program, you can email me at theparanormalsun at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me on any of the social media platforms. Take care, my friends. You have a good week. We'll talk to you next week, most likely, and be safe.